Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Doctrine Matters podcast. I just want to thank you for joining. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Watching. I said it again. Thank you for watching wherever you may be watching or listening from. I really do appreciate the support. I know that many people have been listening lately, and I thank you for that. And one of the things that I want to to do now is kind of leave the cultural stuff for a while and get back to some biblical principles, some biblical basics, some doctrines, some things like that. And we've we've recently talked about a lot of things going on in the world. We've talked a lot about COVID-19. We've talked a lot about uh, persecution, uh, particularly in Canada with all of the pastors that are being arrested there. Uh, even more since the last time we talked have been arrested. And we've talked a lot about uh, our freedom. We've talked a lot about the America, the America, the Constitution of the United States. We've talked about America in general. We've talked about presidential elections. We've talked about shutdowns. We've talked about a lot of things. So what I want to do now is I want to get back to some doctrinal type stuff. So I want to look at the Bible. I want to look at some practical ways to think about theology to think about doctrine. And one of those things that I want to talk about here on this episode is something that we may have trouble understanding sometimes, and that is providence. So the name of this show is Providence Understood. So how do we understand providence today, and in, in, in particularly God's providence in our lives? So we know that God's providence is a foresight. It's a uh, it's a provision almost. Providence is God taking care of his people through every circumstance and every situation and sovereignly ruling and reigning over those circumstances for the believer's good. Now, we get that from Romans 8.28, and I'm actually right there in my, in my Bible right now. Romans 8.28 says, We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. So providence is God caring for his people regardless of the circumstances. He has this foresight, this foreknowledge of everything that's going to play out in our lives, whether good or bad to us, right? Because we can get in some situations and some circumstances that we think are really not that great. We, we find ourselves in circumstances that are, are really good at times. But in all things, God is providentially ruling and reigning in our lives, moving us by his powerful hand where he wants us for his glory, his will, and ultimately for our good, as we've just read here in this passage. So started if, if God is good, if God wants us in certain circumstances, I want to particularly focus on those those times when we find ourselves in less than stellar situations. We find ourselves in that suffering. We find ourselves in financial hardships. We find ourselves enduring many trials, as James tells us to count all joy in chapter one. So what do we do? How do we trust the providence of God in those times? How do we understand providence right now in every situation that we may be facing as a believer in every situation that you may find yourself right now we have all found ourselves at times just going up against what seems to be something that we cannot overcome and that would be right because it's only by the power of god that we're able to overcome any of these things it's nothing in and of ourselves but 
we feel this overwhelming sense of needfulness and which that is a dependence on God. That's good. But how do we trust his providence in these times? And I had a conversation with one of my mentors recently, and uh, we were sitting across the table from one another sharing a meal at his daughter's rehearsal dinner for her wedding as Pastor TJ Francis. And we were having a conversation about providence. We were talking about how God has brought each one of us through particular circumstances. And we're now both in different ministry contexts in different parts of the United States. But we, we thought, started talking about the providence of God. And he, he, made a, a, he told me something that was really profound at the time. And it, it stuck with me ever since then. And he told me, and this is kind of where we're going to re really drill down. And I think that we can understand this. And I think you'll probably be, probably be able to understand this as well. But providence is best understood looking backward. Providence is best understood looking in the rearview mirror or looking backwards. Dr. Francis, thank you for that. If you are listening, that was profound and it has stuck with me. So it had, it, it, we started reminiscing and started thinking and talking about our past and we can see, and I can see in my individual life, in my family's life, in the life of ministry that God has brought me through and some of the things that he's brought me through and allowed me and my family to come through. And, and now we see that his hand was upon every single thing in our life. Everything that I have faced individually, personal levels, those things, God has brought me through those and his hand was on me and he provided for me in those times. My family, everything that my family has been through, I can look back and see how he was in the midst of that. I can see how he was right there bringing us through every situation, good or bad, um, suffering, trial, joyful times, all of the things that our family has gone through. We can look back and see how God was purposefully placing us in places for his glory and to strengthen us as believers. So we were able to see this and I'm able to see this looking backwards. And then in a ministerial context and in the life of my ministry that God has been so gracious in allowing me to continue and to be a part of, I can see how through every situation, every Thing that has come up in a in the church, everything that has happened has happened for a reason. It's been by God's providence, his design, and it has been part of his will, again, to bring him glory and to make me a better person as a Christian, as a believer, as a husband, as a, a father, as a brother in Christ, as a son. He has shaped who I am today and even in our church's life. I can look back at all the things that my current church has gone through over the last nearly four years since I've been here, and I can see how God has providentially worked and provided for this church through hard times, difficult times, frustrating times, times that seem to make us angry at times. He's used people. People have come. People have gone. There have been things that have happened, just like in every church. But looking back, we see that God provided and has taken care of this church and it's still doing so even today. Now, where I want to think through really quickly is I want to look at a passage of Scripture. And we talk about God's providence being a provision or God's providing through all of these things. I want to look at a passage of Scripture that has really, uh, really been weighing on me thinking through this. And it's again, it's in Romans chapter 8. And beginning in verse 31, I love what this scripture says. It says, what then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, 
who is against us? We could stop right there, say amen, close it all up and turn off our radios and our YouTube. Uh, that's great. God is for us. Who is against us? It goes on to say, he did not even spare his own son, but offered him up for us all. How will he also, how will he not also with him grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation or a charge against, a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We think about this just for a minute. For those of us that belong to the Lord, we have repented of our sin and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. We are saved. We belong to God. He loves us. He cares for us. And the scripture teaches us that nothing will ever separate us from that love that God has for us. So when we think about the love God has for us as our heavenly father, that means that he is going to provide for us. And he already knows the provisions that we are going to need before we ever step foot into any circumstance. He leads us into these circumstances. He provides for us through them. And we come out of those circumstances, giving God glory through it, coming out of it, giving God glory. And it's also shaping us and making us more like Christ each and every day. So God provides in all circumstances. So when we think of God being a heavenly father that provides in his providence, he gives us what we need. He cares for us. He loves us enough to provide for us. It, it makes me think about a passage in First Timothy. And I'm going to go flip over to, to the book of First Timothy. We're going to look at First Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. And, and it brings this down into a, a human realm, a fleshly realm, where we can think of this on our level as well. Paul says to Timothy in chapter 5 of 1 Timothy, verse 8, says, But if anyone does not provide for his own family, especially for his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So we have to be providers as men of our families. We have to be the provider, protector. We know what our family needs on a weekly basis, a monthly basis. So men, we go out and we work and we do whatever it takes to get those provisions for our family so we can pay our bills, so we can put food on the table, so we can do all of the things that we need to do to live and function in this world. Now, that is a, a, an, an earthly, fleshly way of thinking about things. But if you men or even some of you may be women that are listening that have to go out and work and do things and provide for your children and and your, your family members. But we know what our bills are. We know we have to eat. We know we have to do certain things. 
We know what we have to have on a monthly basis. So we get jobs, we go out and we work and we toil and we labor so we can get those provisions to be able to make it through from month to month. Now, I do realize this is a fallen world and my analogy here sort of breaks down when we start thinking about homeless and those that are hungry and all of these things. But even in that, I still think we have to trust the providential hand of God in all things for him to get glory even through those things. So I'm just bringing this down, looking at a fleshly, earthly view from 1 Timothy 5, 8, that we go out as fathers, as men to gather what we need and provide for our families. Now, we are going to experience times of plenty and times of need. It's just one of those things that's the ebbs and flows of life that we all find ourselves in is we we are going to have times when we're eating steak and then we're going to have other times when we're eating Raymond noodles or hamburger helper, which I love all of those things. So I'm not saying one is better than the other, but I digress. But we are going to find ourselves in difficult times and, and good times, but yet we still do what it takes to provide for our families. Why? Because we love our families, because we love our children, because we love our spouse. We are willing to do whatever it takes to provide for them. So if we think about the love that we have on this earthly level in the flesh for one another, that we're willing to go get our hands dirty, that we're willing to go sit in an office for eight to 10 hours a day, that if we're willing to uh, do whatever it takes to provide for our family, how much more is God going to provide for those whom he loves? Nothing is going to separate that love. There is nothing that will ever separate us from the love of God. So if God loves us, also we see in the book of Matthew that he will provide for us. He will meet our needs. Now, needs and wants are different. So God will meet our basic needs. That doesn't mean he's going to give us all of our desires. But as long as our desires line up with who his what his desires are, then God will meet those desires. So we have to be having our will in tune with his will. But God, in his providence, provides for his children. Now, that's difficult, depending on whatever situation you're in at times. And I'm just going to confess to you that this is me at times. It's difficult to trust the providence and the providential hand of God in every circumstance, because every circumstance is different. Everything is um, either good, great, just okay, whatever. And we are still in the flesh. So we don't have eyes to see the way God sees. We don't have the knowledge that God has to know what exactly is going to happen through each and every situation. But what we do have to do is trust the providential hand of God. And how do we understand providence? I think we can best understand providence, again, as Dr. Francis has told me, is by looking backwards, looking what God has brought us through, looking at those tough times that he brought us through, and we can see how he was working. Look through every situation that we've been in and see how God has provided for us in each one of those circumstances. And then I think that we take what we know about providence looking backwards. And I think that is where our faith comes in looking forward because we don't know what God is going to do. We don't know how he's going to provide. It may be one of those uh, 11th hour provisions that come up that God just meets a need that we have, or it may just be something that we he meets immediately. It may be something that uh, he takes a while to meet or however long God chooses, but we still 
looking forward, understanding providence, we look forward and understand providence through the faith in which he is giving us as a gift. So we have this faith. And if, if you look at Hebrews 11, 1, it says, now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. So each one of us as believers, we have hope in Jesus Christ and Christ alone. That is the only hope that we have. If we don't have Christ, if God is not our Father, and if Christ is not our Savior, we have no hope. We are hopeless, still going to hell. But if we have been ransomed, if we have been redeemed, if we have been saved, if we have repented of our sin and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, He is our Savior, and we can trust Him, and we can now look forward in faith, and we have much hope. He is our greatest hope. I remember watching a documentary. It was a 30 for 30, actually, on ESPN. And I believe they used to call Larry Bird the great white hope. A basketball team, a fan base, was putting their hope in Larry Bird to come change their team and help spur their team along to win championships. Larry Bird, in my opinion, was one of the best players to ever play the game of basketball, but that's neither here nor there. However, People were putting their hope into a mere man. We put our hope in the God man, the one that was truly God and truly man. And he came to this earth and he died the death we deserve. He shed his blood. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. Three days later, he rose again. He's now seated at the right hand of God. One day he's coming back to judge the living and the dead. And the Bible tells us that if we repent of our sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we will be saved and we have reason to rejoice in that alone. Now, we see things in the scriptures. We know that God will provide. So we have to then see that provision and that providence of God looking backwards and have faith and hope for the things that the scripture teaches us and believe that God will do what he says he's going to do. So let me tell you this. If God ever breaks a promise, he ceases to be God. God will never break a promise. He will never do anything that is against his word, he will always stay true to what he has said in the 66 books that we have. So if God says it in his word, we can understand that he is going to providentially place us in places and he will provide for us. Now, that provision isn't necessarily always physical. It isn't always material. It isn't monetary things. Providing for his people is ultimately molding them and shaping them into the image of Christ. I oftentimes think about this and I think about how we must be molded and shaped into the image of Christ. And it's ultimately through the suffering, through the trials, through the temptations, through all of these things that we go through that produces character and a perseverance within us and strengthens our faith. And I often think about how a horseshoe is made. I've been around some blacksmiths and I've seen uh, some farriers and talk with them and and talk about how horseshoes are made. But you start out with a piece of metal and then you have to get that metal hot. It's like sending it through the fire. You've got to get this metal hot so it can bend. So I think about that as our life as a Christian. Sometimes we feel like we're going through the fire, that we are just being bent and we're being molded. And it, the fire is good because without the fire, without the suffering, without the trials, we could never be molded and shaped like a horseshoe is physically 
we could never be molded and shaped into the image of Christ. So suffering is going to come and we are placed providentially in that suffering and God is working and providing for us through it so we can be molded into the image of Christ. Now, when the, the, the metal gets hot in a horseshoe, you then take a hammer and this, you just start beating it into shape. There's some, some fire and then you got to beat it into shape. If the fire isn't bad enough, sometimes it feels like we're being beat on in this life. But again, through those difficult times and tough times, we are being formed, molded and shaped into the image of Christ. And God is providing that for his people through all things in his providence. So we have to look forward and we trust God's providence by the faith that we have in Christ. Looking back should spur our faith. Seeing what God has already done should help us be even more faithful. As we stay true to God and to his word and we submit to it, then we should be becoming more faithful. And when we face these trials, it's easier to stand in faith saying, God will provide for me. I will give him glory and I will be shaped and molded into the image of Christ. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. But I can know for sure that God is going to use this for his glory and for my good, as his word says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. So we have to understand that when this happens, we are some of the most faithful people ever. Remember, God's not going to do anything against what he's already said in his word. So if he says that all of these things in life are for his glory and for his good or for your good as a believer, then he means it. So trust God's providence, understand God's providence by looking back, and then trust God's providence with the faith that you've been given as a believer in Christ. I want to leave you with one more thought from Genesis chapter 22, when Abraham was going to sacrifice his son Isaac, and then God provided a ram. It was in God's providence that Abraham was to lead his son to the place where he was going to sacrifice him for the Lord. But in his obedience, God provided a ram that was caught up in a thicket. So Abraham sacrificed the lamb instead of his son. You see, God is always going to provide for his people. We have to remain faithful. If we for one minute doubt the providence of God and the providential hand of God in our lives through our circumstances, then we cease to have faith in who he is and who he says he is, even if it's just for a brief moment. So we must be a people that believe what God has said in his word have faith in the Christ that we have made Lord of our lives, or actually he's done it. We've repented of our sins and uh, we've repented of our sins and believed on Lord Jesus Christ. And he has become our Lord and savior. So we have the same faith then as we do and should now. So we continue faithfully serving the Lord, giving God glory and trusting him through every circumstance we find ourselves in. And when you start to feel a little doubt, when you start to look backwards, don't, don't doubt, don't wait too long to get to the Lord in prayer, but look back at what God has already done in your life and how he has brought you through every step of the way and trust him moving forward. 
Guys, that's all I have today. I hope this has been helpful. It's just a practical look at providence and the providential hand of God. So I pray that you'll be able to trust him and continue on faithfully serving him no matter what situation you may find yourself in. Again, thank you for listening. If you have any comments, suggestions, you want to just tell me you don't like me. (laughs) I hope you don't do that. But you can email me at doctrinematterspodcast at gmail.com. And I will respond to you there. You can leave a comment on YouTube, a comment on Facebook, whatever you desire. I would love to interact with you. I hope this has been helpful. Again, we're going to start getting into some more practical doctrine, theology, and biblical stuff. Um, So let me know if this has been helpful to you. But trust the Lord moving forward and look back on what he's already done for you. Until next time, thank you so much again for listening. And God bless.